Chen's Abroad, Pomona student stories from around the world. I'm your host, Talia, and I'm here today with Pippi, who studied abroad in Paris, France with Middlebury Paris. Hi, Pippi. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Talia. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> so to start, um, I wonder if you could just introduce yourself, tell us your major, um, a little bit about what you're involved in on campus, um, and the program you ended up choosing. So my name is Pippi, and I'm from Beijing, China, and I'm double majoring in math and media studies. And I did, um, the semester was Middlebury, Paris in spring 2020. That was a while ago. <laughs> yeah, and then I uh, came back to China from France, and I stayed at home for a year to mm -hmm. take a gap year. Yeah, um, Yeah. cool. So in terms of um, the program that you went on, could you tell us a little bit about how you decided on Middlebury Paris and what were some of the things that you considered before going abroad? Mm -hmm. So I think I did it because I started French here at Pomona with you for the first class mm -hmm. actually and I was like I was planning to take like at least three semesters to get to like the intermediate level and then I was thinking of oh I'm ready at 33 why don't I just go to 44 mm -hmm. and then when I finished 44 I feel like I just need one more semester to meet the prereq to go abroad. Mm. That's like a experience to, I think probably because I, since I started learning French at a relatively older age than mm -hmm. I did English, so I think it's like I'm not that confident in my speaking and mm. listening skills because I started everything by reading first. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's better for me to get more immersed in the language and when, when I'm actually in a context with all the people are being native and speaking it. So that's why I wanted to study abroad. And then I just went on to take the fifth, fifth semester, which is like the hardest class ever. <laughs> yeah, and then I ended up applying to study abroad and going there. Mm -hmm. um, and in terms of Middlebury Paris, I know that there's um, a, a language component with that, a pretty immersive um, mm -hmm. experience. Would you talk a little bit about um, maybe some of what you expected that it would be like before you went, just because I know you also, we both started French um, at college and so didn't have maybe the same level mm -hmm. of French as some of other people who go abroad. So I was wondering if you could share a little bit about what you expected. Yeah, I was, I was actually pretty nervous because I had to take like a sort of like a exam to determine my level the semester before I went, but I think it turned out okay. Like <laughs> we had pretty solid training here with all like the, the grammar and the reading we are doing. Mm -hmm. And then, so I was actually placed into the advanced class at Middlebury Center. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're dividing into like an intermediate level and an advanced level. And so all the classes we have at the Middlebury Center, which I had ended up having three over there and then two at local university mm. so but but since although we're taking classes with all like study abroad students who are from u.s colleges we have to speak everything in french in the center mm -hmm. and that is quite challenging <laughs> yeah but i think it's like a very good practice both like in the center and also at um homestay mm. yeah so it's forced me to think in french like i think my way of learning french is I'm, I'm translating everything from English to French. Mm. And that is hard for me because sometimes when I don't know how to say a word, and I even don't know how to say it in English. Mm -hmm. So that's like from Chinese to English to French, oh. and that's the hard cycle to run. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, so would you tell us a bit more about kind of like the academic structure? So I know you mentioned it, you were taking five classes there. Yeah. Is that pretty typical for uh, Middlebury Paris? or? 
Yeah, I think most people are taking five. And so there's like a required language course uh, at the Middlebury Center. And then there are a few selections um, among some like history or politics or general like humanity class. Mm -hmm. That one is taught by a professor from a local university, but at the center with other like students from US colleges. Mm-hmm. And for that one, I took a history class uh, of the Renaissance. Oh. And that was fun to, to, to know more just about Le Roi <laughs> and the, 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 all the fancy stuff happening like at the palaces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we are supposed to have trips, but I think they got canceled like due to COVID later on. Oh. So it could be more exciting mm-hmm. yeah and then another class there was lots of drama going on during that semester really? so at the beginning of the semester um i think there's um paris is like having a strike yeah yeah i remember yeah. i was there too for yeah the beginning. <laughs> so 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 i started with um, taking two film classes at paris set which is the which is the local university that i'm enrolled in and also a math class probability mm-hmm. and the fun part is um the humanity profs, they are very into the strike thing. Mm. So they cancel classes. Oh. But the math department, they do nothing about it. Mm. So, so I, my, my film classes, they got canceled too much, one of them, so that I talked to the Middlebury Center director and they, they sort of arranged like an individual independent study kind of oh. film class for me with another um, prof from a, another local university. So we just, we meet once, um, once a week and mm-hmm. I think it's like overall equivalent to an independent study we do here okay yeah huh and so you're a math major right mm-hmm. so when you went abroad did you have to take a certain number of math classes or is that something that you had to factor in no I am but I, I was just thinking I, I don't feel confident enough for having an entire semester not taking math, I think I'm just not <laughs> going to finish my major requirements. Uh-huh. So I, I actually saved like probability is a class that I think is not that different, like in different part of the world. It's like a, mm-hmm. it's like prereq for lots of things. But I ended up feeling it's like very different from the math class we had here. Mm-hmm. So because in the way that Fre- like French um, majors, they are just, so they have their university, they are their undergrad has three years so and they don't have all these GE requirements and all those other interesting stuff mm-hmm. so so their their curriculum are very um, structured just for the major itself which I think is pretty much the same as schools in China mm. and but they're just breaking up everything bit by bit every semester so I had to take although I was a junior by then I had to take a class with their sophomores because uh-huh. I talked to their math department chair and they, I was asking, like, could I just take this like final year course in analysis? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, we don't recommend you to do it. And I sort of, <laughs> I felt a challenge too. So I ended up mm-hmm. taking probability. Mm-hmm. And, but there were also, I think the class overall was still challenging in the content uh, and also in the language. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think I turned out okay because for writing math is, I just need to write the basic sentences and the rest are just math language <laughs> right. so as I said, and I, I also found a book in English the mm. textbook so I can always compare mm-hmm. to not get lost mm. yeah interesting um yeah that sounds very different from Pomona classes I remember the French system feeling very confusing at first when I was studying abroad mm. um I wonder if you could tell us a bit about um actually about housing because um, I think you mentioned, did you live in a homestay? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And that's, of course, a very different experience, right, too, from just dorms. So yeah. could you tell us a little bit about what that was like? Mm -hmm. So I, I lived with an old lady. Just, <laughs> she's super elegant. Yeah, and I liked her a lot. And we had two students staying together at her house. Oh. But my other like roommate, she, she left in March. Oh. And I stayed all the way until June. Because oh. when everybody went back, I was like, I don't feel that comfortable, like, without having a mask, just flying all the way back to China. Yeah. And also later on, when I was actually ready, when I, like, my parents, like, sent me all these protection stuff, uh -huh. uh, like, China won't let us in at a time already. Oh, so, when yeah. was that? That was probably, I think it's end of March and April. Oh, yeah. And then they only have, like, one flight every two weeks. So that's Oof. why I got, like, the, the earliest I can get was uh -huh. the, the ones in June. <laughs> so you stayed with her for a long yeah. time. Yeah, and we... We had we had tea every afternoon, oh. yeah. That was really sweet, and we also. I we so I had, so at the beginning of the semester, the way it works is that we have, uh, five dinners together, mm -hmm. the three of us per every, week. Yeah, per week. So that's like part of the, the meal plan or whatever we call it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then, and then later on it was like we. Although I was staying at home every day, I, we cook separately for our own lunches, mm. and then we have still have dinner together. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and then there's um, a lot to talk about because for her, um, her parents lived around, so she gets to visit them during COVID, like just across the street. So that's really nice. Her parents are almost like ninety years old. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, she also had uh, twins. Oh, well, I got to see one of them, and I think it's like a typical, like a local family, and they're really nice. They had mm -hmm. like a huge like family meeting every Sunday, and she will bring them cake to her parents. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've heard a lot about like things happening like in their family, and that's mm -hmm. that's very fun. Wow, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Did she also help you kind of navigate the strike situation when that happened? Yeah, yeah. So I remember there was a night that we just listened to uh, Macron's, uh, like the broadcast to the entire like France nation yeah. to, like regarding COVID. Yeah. We listened to that uh, thing on radio together during dinner. I feel like that scene was so cinematic, <laughs> like in a, in a tiny kitchen. Uh -huh. and, like we were sitting across from each other and listening to like a really vintage radio oh yeah and like it's some, and listening to some content that's like so rare that's gonna yeah. barely never gonna happen for a second time in history yeah wow yeah i cannot imagine um that's so interesting <laughs> that you decided to stay there too um well i guess that actually leads pretty well into my next question which was is it how did you um integrate into the parisian community did you find that um, it was hard to meet local French people, like outside of your host family or um, in classes. How did you kind of go about doing that? Um, I think overall, I didn't make that much of interactions <laughs> with like local students mm -hmm. or other people. Yeah, because I, in like the classes I took at Paris Set, they were like um, they were everybody just went to lectures and then leave mm. and also for for my math class there's like a td which sort of like a mentor session but with another like a younger prof who's gonna mm -hmm. um let us through all the problem sets so we don't actually have homework but we so the entire the lecture has like more than 100 people but then we were divided into five or six smaller sections with 20 people mm. 
but even in those classes, I didn't talk much to like other French <laughs> students. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I for, for my film classes, I met some Erasmus students that oh. I had like um, had more interactions with. Mm -hmm. So there's like a Italian girl who only studied French for three months, and she just came. Actually, like, that's so that's, funny. Yeah, that's so impressive. When I was in uh, when I was in <laughs> France, there was also an Italian girl at my university who had only studied for two months, and she was like in full immersive French classes. Yeah. <laughs> Puts into perspective our levels too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, I think those Erasmus students they also had their own community because mm -hmm. they're like another program. Yeah. Yeah. Of other internationals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, did you do any kind of like extracurricular things outside of your classes while you were there? I visited lots of places. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really like taking walks, mm -hmm. uh, especially at the beginning of the semester since the 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 subway they're also on strike. Was closed. Yeah, so I I got to walk a lot mm -hmm. <laughs> to to places. Mm -hmm. um, but then, like towards the end of semester, I can't really go outside. Because yeah, of COVID. Yeah, yeah, because. But, um, yeah, but. What I was one of your favorite walks that you took? Oh, I don't actually remember the route, but it's like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there, I think it's like a, a really long walk for almost 90 minutes from where I lived, which is close to Eiffel Tower mm -hmm. and all the way to Notre Dame. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah. So uh. I think there's like a. A, a long part that I'm just like walking aside from the river mm -hmm. yeah and that's the view is really nice mm -hmm. yeah. oh, that sounds so lovely um, maybe now going into shifting gears a little bit I wonder if you could talk about something that you struggled with at first or something that you found kind of challenging um, maybe to adapt to or um, yeah something mm -hmm. in that vein I think the most challenging part was speaking Mm. Remember, like the first day I arrived, my host family, uh, I was just too nervous to talk. That I, I think probably like my host mom thought I barely speak French. Oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but then it's like that uh, I realized like you just need to keep talking. Yeah. Yeah, like whatever mistake I make, no matter in grammar or in pronunciation, mm -hmm. she will, like my host mom will crack will crack me in a like a very kind way. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and. Overall, I think that also helped me a lot for English speaking because mm. I always thought that I, I might just be just making a bunch of grammar mistakes like compared to other native speakers mm -hmm. like when, when I was just here before I went to France. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like way more confident even speaking English. Wow. I would just keep going. That's like, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And but, yeah, I remember there were times that my host mom had some friends over. And she also invite, invited me to have some champagne with them. Mm. And like they have like all these questions for me. Mm. <laughs> and yeah, I just spoke at those kind of events that also like helped me like be more confident mm -hmm. in just talking to random people, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think study abroad is such a great opportunity to really push you outside of your comfort zone. Um, I know for me, that was another thing that I was kind of nervous about before I went abroad, just you know, because we both start, started yeah. Friendship Pomona and I thought like, oh, my level is going to be so bad compared to other people. But I think just pushing past that fear and speaking a lot anyway mm -hmm. um, is really what accelerated my progress for yeah. sure. Um, do you feel like studying abroad kind of shaped your 
academic path at all, like either at Pomona or with plans um, for post-grad life? Mm -hmm. um, I think that's, that is actually something that uh, I realized later that studying abroad, since studying abroad is just like sort of taking a semester away. And mm -hmm. I was already trying my best to make those classes I was taking there uh, accommodate my graduation schedules for my both majors. Mm. I think it's like pretty risky to uh, double major and also studying abroad. Yeah. Since like right now I'm basically graduating with minimum requirements for both of my majors. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that's something definitely worth planning ahead. Mm. And it still worked out for me. Um, but I still sometimes feel that if I could take like, for example, like more math that semester, there are more options for me in my senior year. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, but overall, I think I still don't regret it. <laughs> yeah, because it's like such a unique experience. I think like it's like I could just go abroad as a visitor anytime, mm -hmm. but it's actually a pretty precious opportunity to stay there as like an observer. I'd say yeah, yeah, for a few months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, especially being there during such a unique time mm -hmm. of upheaval during yeah. COVID and things like that. Yeah, yeah. and also since I'm a media studies double major. Overall, I just feel like if you're doing film, you have to sort of know how friends films mm. like, yeah, functions. Yeah. yeah, like by taking like a, a film analysis class about French New Wave, that mm. also like make me feel like closer <laughs> to how like film originated. Huh. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. Um, so I guess maybe we have time for I guess two, one, one or two more questions. Um, so I wanted to ask you maybe what's something that you, or actually, yeah, let, let's have it be a two-parter. The first part of the question is, what, what was one of your favorite memories abroad? And then the last question is, what would be some advice you would give to a student thinking about going abroad? Okay, I think one of my favorite memories um it was a weird one but so much fun so my host mom i don't know why but she found some videos on chinese tiktok oh. and just like uh, chinese people dancing to a very uh, music that i can't say is popular but it's like kind of having some like earthy kind of feeling that earthy? Is, like yeah, hippie yeah. or no i how would i say it it's like not bad but still I would consider it as low art. Low art. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, or there's just usually like some bad music on TikTok. Mm. It's like okay. not having much meaning, but I don't know why they got like so popular. Uh -huh. It was like a music like that. Okay. And I, I don't know where she found that. She's like, oh, look at this Chinese TikTok video. Let's mm. dance to it. And we, we basically learned the dance that the TikTok video was doing. And we do it after dinner every day. Oh my yeah, God. In her living room at a arrondissement next to Eiffel Tower. Oh. Yeah. That, so, like, so that, that connections uh, across different cultures was a strange one, but I liked it. <laughs> yeah, it was also great exercise since we don't get out that much during, yeah, the, like, during COVID. COVID. Yeah, during COVID. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that is amazing. Mm -hmm. TikTok really bringing yeah. <laughs> cross-cultural interactions. Mm -hmm. um, and then what would be your, your advice for, what would you say to a student considering going to France or going abroad more generally? Uh, I would say just if uh you're not that confident with the language just like as we we did just do not be afraid of that because that's something that when you're thrown into that environment that would change yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah and also it's just like 
academic wise just plan ahead probably finish up general requirements earlier so that like don't pack any everything up in senior year mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> okay well thank you so much um, for joining us today Pippi um, it was so fun hearing about your time in France I gotta say I'm jealous that you stayed until <laughs> the summer um, but yeah thank you so much for coming yeah thank you Uh, Be sure to stay tuned for more episodes of Sage Hens Abroad, Pomona student stories from around the world. We'll see you next time.